Hey church, happy first Sunday of Advent. This is it, the countdown to Christmas can officially begin. Our tree is up, Advent calendars are being opened, uh, cheeky little elves have returned. Any parents out there regretting the day they let their elf into their home, we feel your pain. But anyway, there are three Sundays between now and Christmas Day. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be working through a brand new three-part series looking at fear, or more accurately, fear not. I feel like there is a lot of fear around at the moment, whether it's fear of COVID or the fallout from that, from lack of work or finances or isolation. You know, perhaps some of you are facing something really challenging uh, that's bringing fear into your life. What Whatever it is, I feel like God was leading me towards speaking into this idea of fear. And then just so you have a heads up of what's uh, coming up as we head towards the end of the year, three Sundays as usual, 10.30 a.m. here on YouTube. Then on Christmas Day, we'll be having a short service, which is going to be great. So it's going to be at 10 a.m., a little earlier than normal, and it's going to include the lockdown nativity that some of you have been helping out with. You will not want to miss it. It's going to be great. And then on Sunday the 27th, first Sunday after Christmas Day, we're going to have a week off, enjoy a lion, enjoy some quality time with your family, and then we will be back together to wish you a happy new year on Sunday the 3rd. It's likely that we will be doing that uh, still online, but we will let you know. Um, the minute, the way we stand is, while we're in tier three, we won't uh, come together to meet in the church building. But should we drop down to tier two, we will be opening the doors and we can see you once again. But we'll be reviewing that as time goes on and we'll keep you updated. So bear with us on that. Okay, so today we are starting a brand new three-part series called Fear Not. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at three different times in the Christmas story where an angel appears. We're going to look at when an angel appears to Joseph next week, and then we're going to look at when an angel appears to the shepherds. And today we're going to be looking at when Angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And so the heading I'm putting this message under today is the fear of what God is asking me to do. You know, I think sometimes we can be guilty of treating God a little bit like that person who only gets in touch when they want something. I'm sure you know the type of people. You know, I used to work um, for a company, I worked for Sea Life Blackpool. Uh, many of you will know that. And then I moved to work in Blackpool Tower and I was working for those companies for about five or six years. And you may not know, it, know this, but they are owned by Merlin Entertainments. They are the second largest entertainment company in the world, second only to Disney. They're a pretty big deal. And so with working for this company comes some perks of the job. And that looks like 40 tickets every year to go to a Merlin attraction. So that means free entry to Alton Towers, Thorpe Park, Chessington World of Adventures, uh, Legoland, the London Eye, all kinds of attractions that you can get into for free when you work 
for this company. And so you can imagine that during that time while I was working there, I had quite a few messages from Facebook friends that I'd not spoken to in a long time. Oh, hey, how you doing? Long time no speak. Any chance of a freebie? You know, it's, uh, it's quite shocking really, isn't it? But I think that sometimes, even unknowingly, we can be guilty of treating God that way. In other words, we want to be close enough to God to get the good stuff, the promises of heaven, his blessings being poured into our life. But if we could get all of that good stuff without a side helping of surrender and obedience, that would be great. You see, if we get too close to God, sure, we'll get the blessings, but he might also ask me to move to Africa or to give up something that I enjoy. You know, sometimes I think there's this sense of fear. What if I give it all to him and then life doesn't quite go the way I want it to? And then that fear can overwhelm us. It can overtake us and sometimes it can take us down this irrational road. Has anyone been there when you just start thinking thoughts that make absolutely no sense? I think I've mentioned this before. Ruth is rubbish when it comes to answering her phone. I hope she won't mind me saying this once again. But you know, if I can't get hold of her, maybe after like the 10th call going to voicemail and 20 messages with no response, I could start to get a little bit worried. Where could she be? Is she okay? Maybe she's been in an accident. What if she's, what if she's been in a serious accident? How am I going to cope with it? And you, you just kind of go down this irrational uh, rabbit warren of thoughts in your mind that make absolutely no sense. But the good news is, according to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's some encouragement right there for those of us who get irrational very quickly. And so today we're talking about when an angel appears to a teenage girl named Mary. Why is it that, that quite often we're afraid of God's plans? You know, there could be a lot of answers to that question, but today I just want to give us two based on this story that we're going to look at today. And the first is this. God's interruptions are often inconvenient. God's interruptions are often inconvenient. Let's take a look at uh, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or even thought about it, but one of the first things angelic beings say when they arrive on the scene is, fear not. Fear not. 
I saw something the other day on Instagram that I have to share with you. Just take a look at this. That just made me literally laugh out loud. And then there's this one. And then this one's my absolute favorite. If you've ever wondered why angels pretty much always start their interactions with humans with the words, fear not, just take a look at those memes. It's because of how they look. Multiple faces, parts that look like animals, parts that look human, parts that look mechanical, spinning wheels and all kinds of stuff going on. Not quite the chubby, bald, naked babies playing a harp on a cloud that you see in paintings, or the stereotypical graceful man in a flowing white gown with gorgeous white wings. So when this angel appears and shows up on the scene, fear not is a pretty necessary statement. So Gabriel arrives, greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. And then it goes on to say that Mary is confused and disturbed. I mean, I feel like that's the understatement of the century. <clears throat> I imagine quite understandably that in this moment, Mary is freaking out right about now. What the heck is going on? Who is this being that has appeared in my bedroom? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. So let's just get into the scene a little bit. Let's try and picture what's going on in this moment. Now, I don't think any man can fully understand women, but I know enough about women for the most part to know that Mary, this teenage girl who's engaged, which might sound a bit young, but in that culture, it's absolutely normal. So I imagine in that moment, being a young engaged girl, she's probably having thoughts around her wedding. She's planning this incredible wedding. What will the, uh, the perfect wedding look like? The dress, the venue, the flowers. Who will they uh, get to make the cake? What song will they have their first dance to? All of these questions that will help Mary to picture her beautiful, perfect wedding with Joseph. So all of these th thoughts and plans are going on through her mind and then suddenly this angel appears and interrupts all of her plans. An interruption that is incredibly inconvenient for her life plan, as we'll see. So what can we learn from this? What we call interruptions, God often uses as invitations. What we call interruptions, God often uses as invitations. Those times where we feel like God's interrupting us, he's often actually inviting us into something bigger, something better, something greater. Think about it through scripture. Moses was in the wilderness just going about his day and then he's interrupted by this burning bush. And in that moment, that encounter with God, he's called. He's invited to become the deliverer of God's people. And what about Saul in the New Testament? He was on the road heading to kill some more Christians and God interrupts him as a light from heaven. 
And this moment then becomes an invitation for Saul to do a complete U-turn in his life and become an apostle to anyone who would listen to him about the grace of Jesus Christ. God interrupted their plans with an invitation to something greater. We need to be sensitive to the voice of God. It would be far too easy to dismiss his voice as an interruption in our busy lives. You, you want me to go and pray for that person? You want me to invite my friend to church? You want me to help out with that outreach program? What, what happened? God is interrupting you somewhere along your journey and he's inviting you to something better. He's inviting you to something greater. And if you accept that invite, instead of dismissing it as an interruption, you will see just how good God is. So an angel of the Lord appears to this girl who's daydreaming about her perfect wedding, practicing her new signature and maybe thinking about baby names. And then this angel says, well, I've got another idea. I've got a different plan. And then what does the angel say in verse 30? Do not be afraid, Mary. Or in the New King James Version, fear not, for you have found favour with God. I don't know about you, but if God is handing out favour, then I am first in line. I want some of that. And so maybe once she's over the shock of this being in her bedroom, maybe she's thinking, yes, God's going to bless me with enough money to have plan A wedding rather than the possible reality of this budget plan C wedding that has kind of been sitting in the back of her mind. Maybe we're even going to get that honeymoon to Hawaii that we've been dreaming of. But what she doesn't realise is that this angel sent by God has this, this heavenly plan that she could never have imagined in a million years. Why are we often afraid of God's plans? Well, firstly, because his interruptions are often inconvenient. And then secondly, because God's plans are often different to our plans. His plans are so often different to anything that we could ever have planned out for ourselves, our one year, five year, 10 year plan, whatever that might look like. And so we see that as this angel reveals God's plan to Mary, how, how just how far God's plan is from anything that Mary could ever have imagined for her life. So let's continue to read in that passage from verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom, there will be no end. You know, in this moment, there must have been this real mixture of emotions going on for Mary. You know, on the one hand, this absolute honour that God had chosen her of all the, the women on the earth to be the mother of God's son. And then the, on the other hand, this absolute fear of what are people going to say about me? pregnant outside of marriage, that wasn't just frowned upon. You could get stoned for this 
And, and what will Joseph think? He's going to think that she's been with another man. So there's this like honour and then fear, honour and fear. And so, you know, she realises that, that God's plan is way different to what she had got planned for her life. She gets stopped in her tracks by this interruption, this seemingly inconvenient interruption, but actually it's an invitation to something so much greater. You know, we know, don't we, that God's purposes are higher than our purposes and his plans are higher than our plans and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I don't know how this will play out in your life, but when God interrupts you with an invitation to something else, if you step through the fear and accept this invitation, you're going to discover that his plans are way different to anything you could ever have imagined, but they're also going to be way better. You know, maybe you, uh, you lose your job and find yourself panicking and, and questioning everything. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay the bills? What is going on? And then you notice that new opportunities begin to open. Maybe you can start that business you've always dreamed of or step into that new career you didn't think you might make it into. Or maybe you've found your dream house and it ticked almost all of the boxes and then at the last minute it falls through and you're absolutely crushed. But then an even better house comes available and it ticks all of the boxes. And then you look back and you realise that in that moment what looked like an interruption, what looked like a, an inconvenience or a curse was actually an invitation to something so much better. Do you know, this happened to me a while back. I was, I was in a job. It was something I'd never done before. And, and actually, I was good at it. I was enjoying it. The company was, was really going somewhere. The people were great. I was really enjoying life. And this was when Toby was born. So it was, what, five years ago. And, and so I went off on paternity leave. And then literally the week I returned back, to work after my paternity leave, out of the blue, I get asked to leave this job. It was such a crazy time and, you know, we, we've just had a, another baby and, and what the heck am I going to do? I've just been asked to leave and it, it couldn't have been more of an interruption. It couldn't have been further from my life plan. And then I find out that actually God's plans are way better than my plans. My plans would never have been to leave that job, but God said, no, I'm going to inconvenience you. I'm going to interrupt you with this, this thing that seems like a curse, but actually you're going to see through the journey that my plans are better than your plans. Then he went on to provide uh, the finances to cover my salary for the next three months, which gave me the freedom to look for a new job, one that turned out to be even better than the one I'd left. And it also meant that I could spend three months with this brand new baby with no financial worries at all. I never could have imagined, I never, never could have dreamed of a scenario where I get to have three months without working, but also without the pressure of the finances of bringing something in. And so God interrupted my plans and actually provided a way, an invitation to something greater. God has plans to bless you, to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope 
and a future. And every now and then, he'll show up with what you might call an interruption, but it's actually an invitation to something that's different, to something that might seem scary, that doesn't fit in with your five-year plan, but it's an invitation to something greater because his plans are often different to our plans, but his plans are way better than our plans. And so the angel tells this young girl, you will conceive and give birth to the son of God. And she responds quite understandably, but, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. It's totally impossible. It's beyond impossible. Listen here, angel, let me tell you a little thing about the birds and the bees. What you're saying is impossible. There's absolutely no way. I believe that there will be times, probably multiple times for all of you who call yourselves followers of Christ, where God is going to interrupt you with an invitation to something greater. And his plan is going to be different to your plan. And he's going to ask you to have faith, to believe in him, to trust in him. And you'll look at this interruption, this invitation, and you'll say to God, but it's impossible. I don't see a way past this situation. I don't think I'll be ever able to forgive that person for what they've done to me. But, but God, if I'm generous in this way, then I don't know if I'll have enough. But if I leave this job, then, then what? If I leave this person, then what? It's impossible. It doesn't make sense. There's just no way. And that's what we see with Mary. When she says, it's impossible. It's illogical. It goes against everything we know about biology and creating human life. And the angel replies in verse 35, this is how we're going to do it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, this isn't a job for people. This is a God-sized job. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Then jump to verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. Just let those words land in your heart right now. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Just let it take root in your spirit. Let it begin to take deep root in your spirit. I don't know who's, who's here today who's watching and listening for this very moment. I think someone's facing something that just seems impossible, but God is saying to you, draw close to me, rest in me, find comfort in me, for nothing is impossible with God. What seems impossible with man becomes possible with God. We serve a God who is all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful. One word spoken by God and he can intervene in any situation. And Mary says, I see no way this could ever happen. 
But the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. Do you know what? I want to encourage you today that when God shows up with an, an interruption, don't let fear stop you from moving forward. I encourage you to dismiss fear and by faith step into the fullness of God's plan for your life, something far greater than you could ever imagine. And so let me end with this. As you, as you face this impasse, this seemingly impossible situation, let me give you some words to encourage you in that moment. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is your responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is your responsibility. You see, the outcome is always on him. We don't need to strive. We don't need to struggle. We don't need to stress or worry. The outcome is on God. We just need to be obedient. When you're asking the questions, what's going to happen? How are we going to? When will it? Where will it? Don't worry. Don't fear. The outcome, that's for God to deal with. Leave that to him. We just need to focus on obedience, on stepping out in faith, on hearing what he's saying to us and putting it into action. All you're called to do is take the step of faith and obey. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is your responsibility. We simply need to surrender ourselves to God, just like that teenage virgin girl did 2,000 years ago, when in God's goodness and his sovereign plan, he interrupted her with an invitation to something higher, because his plan was different to her plan. She couldn't conceive how it was possible, but the angel reminded her that all things are possible with God. And so the angel puts this opportunity in front of her, just as I believe God is going to put opportunities for something greater in front of you. And how did she respond? I love this. Read this. In verse 38, she responded the very first thing that she says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. She's reminding herself not only who she is, but whose she is. She is a daughter of the King of Kings, of the Lord of Lords, of Creator God. I am a servant of the Lord. He's my Lord and I am his servant. I don't know how this is going to play out and it probably won't be an easy journey. But what I'm going to do, she says, what I'm going to do is trust. What I'm going to do is is lean on him. What I'm going to do is I'm going to obey him as I take this step of faith and I'll trust the outcome in his hands. And then she says one of the greatest faith-filled statements in all of the Bible. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you've said about me come true. In other words, I no longer have fear. I dismiss the fear and the confusion and the interruption. I dismiss all of that because I am the Lord's servant. I know my God and his plans are good. He is for me and he loves me. 
And if he interrupts me with something that seems inconvenient for me, then I want to surrender myself to his plans. I want to surrender myself in obedience to what he wants, to what he's calling me to. Because his ways are higher than my ways. His purposes are higher than my purposes. His thoughts are greater than I could ever imagine. Remember who you are, a servant of the Most High God. So God, your will be done. May everything you've said come true because the obedience is mine and ultimately the outcome is yours. Why don't we pray? So Father God, we thank you that as we make this journey towards Christmas Day, as we remember uh, the Christmas story and everything that led up to your birth, that we can take comfort in this, in this, in this picture of Mary hearing this word from the angel, that it might have seemed like an interruption, it might have seemed like an inconvenience, but actually you were presenting an invitation. And I pray that as we go out from hearing this message, that we will uh, pay attention, that we will listen, that we will hear and, and watch for things that may seem to us as interruptions, but are actually invitations from you to something bigger, to something better, to something greater. It won't be something easy, it will be something challenging. It might be something that, that causes us, that costs us. But God, we know that you are for us. We know that you are with us. We know that you, are, that you love us, that you have plans for us to prosper us and not harm us. So may we stand firm on that truth. That as you invite us to something, you're inviting us to something far greater than we could ever ask or imagine. Be with us this week in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.